Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. Well, this is the third week of Advent, and we're going to light the first candle, which represents what? Hope. And the second candle, which represents love. And this week is, I almost did it, is the pink candle, which represents joy. Next Saturday night is Christmas Eve, and we will be doing our Christmas walk through here, and we'll light the fourth candle, which is another purple candle, and that represents peace. And then on Sunday, we're going to have our regular service on Christmas Day, and we'll light the final candle, which is white, which of course represents Jesus Christ. And uh, I kind of enjoyed not just lighting, I, I enjoyed last week when my wife came in and and uh, went to light the candle, and she dropped her match down in there. I don't know if you guys caught that. And then she was afraid she was going to start the whole wreath on fire. And she was trying to get it out and couldn't reach it, and she had a lot of fun. But I'm sitting up there just going, oh. I don't know why she reminds me of Lucy Arnaz. <laughs> Lucy Ball, Lucille Ball, Lucy! She's not even in here. She can't even defend herself. So this week, this week's message is about, you already said it once, joy, joy to the world. That's why I had him sing that song again. Why joy? How many of you are joyful today? Is that before or after your coffee? (laughs) why joy are you with me how does joy fit into advent or christmas first i wanted to define what joy is the google dictionary defines it as feeling it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness miriam webster went a little bit further and said it's an emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune so most of us here should be what joyful Uh, Miriam goes on to say, Merriam-Webster, it's a state of happiness or feeling of bliss. What does it mean to be in a state? It's a lifestyle. It's it's who you are. All right? Most of us in this room, because we're already born again, we should be in this state of joy. And then finally, it says it is a source or cause of delight. A source or cause of delight. So as I see it, What God did by sending his one and only son, as we just saw just a minute ago, not only did he bring us life, but he brought us eternal life through Christ. That should make us joyful. And as Merriam-Webster defined it, Jesus Christ, who is, of course, God's gift to mankind, he should be our source of delight. Is Jesus your delight this Christmas season? You may be here today and say, well, I don't know too much about that yet. Well, I'm glad you're here because we're going to talk about that today. Is Jesus your source for Christmas? What I'd like for you to take away from today's message is this. Joy is an emotion, all right? The dictionary defined it as such. I think most would agree that you can turn it on and you can turn it off. 
You can increase it or you can decrease it. If you could choose, which character would you be? Who would you want to, let me put it another way, who would you want to hang out with? Tigger or Eeyore? Now, some of you moms who have toddlers, you might say Eeyore. <laughs> A little slower pace. <laughs> hey, when I'm not with the kids, my kids are Tigger. I get that. But normally, though, if you hang out with people, you want them to be like Tigger. Now, I want to kind of change that over to an emotion, if you would. Look at Tigger and Eeyore as an emotion, all right? Joy, full of joy and full of sadness. So which one would be full of joy? Tigger, which one would be full of sadness? Well, I just don't know. I think I'm going to get sick today. I do. I think it's coming. That's just how he was. But Tigger's... What are you doing today? Let's go somewhere. Let's do something. Let's have some fun. Right? Now, I'm not suggesting that all of you respond like that if you're joyful. In fact, that might wear the rest of us out. But I think you'd have to admit most of us want to hang out with full of joy rather than full of sadness. Yet, knowing that joy is an emotion that we can turn on and off, how many of us would choose to turn it off? And I love this quote from Toby Mack. I saw this and I, I said, i got to share this. Was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked all day? <laughs> Amen. And one of our dear friends, a, a, a warrior in the faith, a saint, Sister Warnick, who used to run Lost Valley Bible Camp, she told my wife this years ago, she said, whenever I got hit with something and it hit me hard, she said, I would go in, I would set my timer for five minutes, I would do my boo-hooing, and when that alarm went off, it was back to business. And that's, some of us need to kind of grab hold of this because we seem to make life a pity party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that shouldn't be. We're born again. We're children of God. We should be, with Jesus as our source, full of joy. You might be surprised to learn that people who are joyful live longer. So look at all the happy people around. Look at your neighbors here. Are you joyful? Huh? People who have a joyful outlook on life are happier and healthier. Even just smiling makes us healthier. In fact, Lifehack, and I'm going to share this, said this, new, new neurotransmitters called endorphins are released when you smile. They are triggered by the movements of the muscles in your face, which is interpreted by your brain, which in turn releases these chemicals. Endorphins are responsible for making us feel happy, and they also help lower stress levels. How many of you could use a little less stress in your life? Well, here's the key. We need to smile more. Are you saved? Are you born again? Stop looking like you just sucked on a bitter pickle. Some of you guys, man, I'm telling you, you're scary looking. 
you should stand up here. I'm telling you. It would, it would help me. If, Clarence, I love your smile, man. You're always right there with me. Shelly, too. You got a beautiful smile over here going, keep it up. Because that encourages me. While you're going through this Christmas season, you get to decide whether you're going to be full of joy or full of sadness. Some of you may have lost a loved one. And, and if you have, especially around Christmas time, this is the time of the year when you just really get hit hard. And you remember them and you're like, oh, I remember when they used to do this and when they did that. And You know, you can find yourself in that place where it robs you of your joy. Don't let that happen. Instead, remember that person for the things that they always brought to life. Remember the legacy that they left behind and, and even help carry their legacy on. My wife's dad, he's been gone since 1998. He was one of my best friends toward the end and I loved him dearly. And I remember at Christmas that he'd get up in the middle of the night and he would eat all of the sugared pies. And he, was, he wasn't diabetic, but he was almost diabetic. So he was only supposed to eat sugar-free pies. So he'd save those for when we all got up. Because none of us would eat those sugar-free pies because they tasted nasty. He didn't care. A pie's a pie. He was a turkey. But I could follow that kind of legacy. <laughs> Probably looks like I am. If you want to be a stick in the mud, that certainly is your choice. You can be that person. But it's much healthier to be full of joy. Is it really that easy? I believe it is. Nehemiah 8, chapter 10, or Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. B. <laughs> Got to put the B in there. It's a long verse. Nehemiah told them, Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, they were having a 5th century B.C. pity party here. And rightfully so. They'd been exiled from their homeland for some 70 years, stuck under the oppression of first the Babylonians and then the Persians. Who wouldn't be depressed? Who wouldn't be sad? And yet, Nehemiah's telling them, look, Jesus, not Jesus then, but we can say it now, God is your source. God will give you the strength that you need to get through this day if only you'll let him do it. And that's what I want you to grab hold of today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Can you say that with me? The joy of the Lord is my strength. One more time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. We'll probably say that again later. Are you still with me? Let me put it another way. Does God want you to feel joy? Does he want you to be happy? Some have claimed that, no, no, you know, God wants us to be stoic. 
without emotion. But whenever I read the Bible, what I see is God's emotions. And he created us in his image, and I believe he put the emotions in us, including joy, including happiness. We have much to be joyful over, don't we? Because God did send Jesus. He sent him into this earth, just like we just witnessed here a minute ago in this, the kids' drama. Jesus was born of a virgin. That never happened before. And then he lived a sinless life. That never happened. And then he gave his life for you and me. That never happened either. And then he rose from the dead on the third day. That never happened either. And because of those, that never happened, you and I have life and life eternal. We should be so full of joy that when people see us, we're like Tigger. Boing, boing, boing. I'm full of joy. Thank you, Jesus. I'm full of joy. Are you full of joy? I'm full of joy. Are you full of joy? Anybody? What I'd like to do is look at an acrostic this morning. You know what that is? When you use the first letter of each word, of each when you use each letter in the word, <laughs> J-O-Y, to equal something. All right, so each letter is going to stand for something. Like the first one, what do you think J would stand for? Hmm. No. I, I think about it. How many of you, when you see this, you just go, oh. You get, you, you, look, at, look at what it does. Can you see that? It's like my belly. <laughs> Jello wiggles. And it's, it's a red color. And, and I, I can even do this. And, Isn't that fun? Who doesn't have fun with Jello? To me, Jello brings joy. When I get home today, it's going to bring Troy joy because he was looking at it last night. And he wanted to eat it. He said, Dad, can I have the Jello? I said, No, that's my object lesson tomorrow. J is for jello, right? No, you were right the first time. J is for Jesus. You knew that. I was just trying to get you to remember it. I want you to see through the scriptures today that not only did God give us joy, he gave us more than that. He gave us great joy. He gave us a mountain of joy. And let's, let's also pay attention to who is saying or who is talking about the joy here, all right? Starting with Luke, and I'm only going to put up a portion of it, but Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 12, and these are from the NLT. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, and it's my highlight, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. So who's saying this? The angel of the Lord. So it's important. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. That will bring what? Great joy to some of the people. Oh, I missed that part. To all of the people. Great joy to all of the people. And then he went on to say, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, 
He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So we see the first time that this great joy is used, it's actually spoken from an angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord makes the connection between the birth of this little baby to great joy. So please make that connection. The next one, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. I want you to jump ahead 30 years. Jesus is in the water getting baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin. Note what is said and by whom it's said. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Who brings me great joy. Who said it? God who? The Father. If Jesus can give God the Father great joy, do you think maybe that he could give us great joy also? I think he can. The last one, Matthew 17. This is during the transfiguration. Moses, Elijah show up, and Jesus, and they all get in this huddle, and they call it the transformation. What this was meant to do is show that Jesus was no ordinary man. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a teacher, but he was the Son of God. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud came over them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Listen to him, he said. The disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. What we need to understand is that Jesus is our source. And I don't know what you're facing today, but get through the grief part and then get your joy on. And you start this process by getting right with Jesus. By coming to the source. If he can give our Heavenly Father great joy, certainly he could give you and me great joy as well. Here's my final scripture for the J that stands for Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. It says it all right there. These, the early church was expected to rejoice, which is another word for joy. Another rendering of joy. They were expected to rejoice and they were expected to be full of joy. Unexpressible joy. How are we doing? We wonder why there aren't more people coming to Jesus. Maybe it's because we need to get our joy on. They need to see that what we have, they need. <laughs> Anybody can be sad, full of sadness. Anybody can be negative, but it takes a Christian full of joy to show the world what it's really like to be a child of God. Can I get a good amen? 
So J stands for Jesus. What about the O? What do you think that stands for? Ooh, good ones. Orioles, onions, although typically onions wouldn't be at the top of my list. Overcome. I like that. They're all good ones, but I mean, when you think of joy, if you had one of these on your Christmas tree, wouldn't you smile a little? Little mini hedgehogs? Huh? I mean, come on. I think this is cool. I've got two extras. Anybody want one for their tree? Yeah? Come on, Shane. You want one too? There you go. Oops. <laughs> All right. Full of joy. I think they're cute. They are. They're awesome. All right. How many of you have your tree up? How many of you don't? <laughs> How many of you aren't going to put one up? <laughs> oh, yeah, you get older, you kind of get to that place where, uh, let's just leave it in the closet this year. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Actually, as awesome as your suggestions were, I chose the word order. Order. Now let me explain. You look at the Old Testament and the tribes were ordered to do certain things. The building of the temple was ordered. Right down to the metal, the wood, and the stone. Each person had a specific duty or job to carry out in building different things. In serving the temple and so on. God is a God of order. Would you agree? Just to share a couple scriptures. A few. For God is the author is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That's the New King James. The NLT says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. And then verse 40, Be sure that everything is done properly and in order. And of course, he's talking to the people of the church. There should be order in the church. How does order play into your joy? I preach this all the time, that if you are a Christian, God owns you. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. He secured your future by what he did in the past. And today, you belong to him if you said yes to him. As a born-again Christian, you are called to be a soldier of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're in the Lord's army. We're in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. We're in the Lord's army. I know you know this. <laughs> Something about the infantry. I'm in the Lord's army. Anyway. So what's the first thing? Brother Dave Peck. What's the first thing they give you when you get in there? A haircut. A shave. Some clothes. But more important, don't they give you your orders? you got to kind of know what's, what's happening next. And with those orders, that's going to determine what you're doing for the rest of your four years, two years, or your career. Each time they give you your new orders, you, well, you might, they might change. And God does that with us, too. 
We may not be doing the same thing that we're doing today in 10 years. He may call us to a new ministry, but everybody, everybody gets orders. Everybody should know where your place is in the body of Christ. Can I get a really good amen? Amen. Your orders describe what you're to do. And when you become born again, God puts His Holy Spirit in us. All right? And the Holy Spirit gives us our orders. He is our commanding officer. John 14, 26 says this, But when the Father sends the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, as my representative, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. So if you want to know, well, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be doing? You need to go to God. Go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? He will open doors for you. I still remember the day when I was right, I was waffling, I was right on the edge of making a decision for the Lord and and getting sold out to Him. And I went into a a quality dairy in Lansing and I was buying my, I I actually sort of said loosely, Lord, I want to serve you. And as I'm standing in the store to buy my case of beer and my cigarettes, One of the brothers from the church comes up behind me. He ignores what's on the counter, doesn't say anything. He says, Norm, great to see you, man. He goes, you know, I've been praying for you. (laughs) Really? And he said, you know, I feel like the Lord has told me I should ask you to help us serve as an usher. And I looked at him like, really? Really? Huh. You know, I was just thinking about that, I told him. And he looks at me and he goes, he said it without, without a smirk or anything. He goes, now, I don't know if you smoke or not, but just don't come in smelling like an ashtray. He saw the cigarettes on the counter, come on. And you know what? I said, Tim, I said, I smoke, but I said, I won't by the next time I come in. And that next Sunday, I went in and That Tuesday, I threw my cigarettes away. God got a hold of me. I threw the beer out. And I never went back. And and I'm so grateful for that. I was lost. But when I came back in as an usher, when I got my new orders from the Lord, He started growing me up. And believe me, when I say this, when he gave me the, uh, the orders to be an usher, which you may not think, oh, an usher, but it did something to me. It challenged me. It challenged my devotional life, my prayer life, my love life. And I started growing up in that ministry. And it prepared me for the next step, which was what I'm doing today. Obviously, we went to school and all that in between, but I just want you to understand, we all have something to do, and we've got to find our place. Find your place, find his peace. Find your place, find his peace. So we know that Jesus, or J is Jesus, O is for order, what's the Y? We had some fun with this one. Not you. Not you. How about yoga? 
Oops. Huh? No. How about... I heard him say it. Did you say that? You're good, man. I want you to know that me and Yoda, we're tight. Now, if I needed some joy, I could just go to my Yoda and say, Hi, Yoda. How many of you would love to have your own Yoda flashlight? Way in the back over there. <laughs> I saw you first. Francine, if you want to come on up. Give Francine a hand for raising her hand first. Hey, you snooze, you lose around here, man. You, you got to be quick. There you go. Oh, great. Ellie's going to, no, if she listens to this. Some other girl named, never mind. What else could it be? How about yuppie? Remember that? How many were yuppies? I used to be a yuppie. How about, how about, how many ever watch Storage Wars? Yep. Anybody else besides me? Yep. That's what it is. Y equals yep. Let me explain. God created you in his image. He then set you free to do as you chose, choose or chose, have chosen to do. Most of you in this room, I dare say, have chosen Jesus. You have chosen to become born again. And it is a will thing. You will to do it or you will not to do it, whichever way it goes. But when you say yep or yes, it means that you agree with God. Here's the good news. When you say yup to Jesus, he says yup to you. <laughs> I like that. Everything changes. I still remember to this day when I was born again and what it, what it was like, the load that had been lifted off of me when I said yes to him. And I fought it for months. I fought it. I didn't want to I didn't want to give up all that great stuff I had going. The, my own beer party on Saturday by myself or going out without my wife. We'd go to separate bars. Woo that was rock and roll. That was fun. And we'd dance with other people. We were married, but you wouldn't have known it. And then I said, yup, to Jesus. I said, yes, finally, he got me. And it changed. Everything changed. Like I said, that load had lifted off. The sin load was gone. And he started to show me who I was in Jesus. And everything began to look different to me. I began to see the sparkle around me instead of all the filth and dirt. I still saw the dirt, the sin, but I saw the goodness in people as God saw them. And he started to reveal some of the good that was in me because at that point, I didn't think I had any in me. There were some good things that he'd placed in me. I just didn't know it at the time. But as I started growing up in him, and that joy started to come up higher and higher and higher, eventually people started to see it. And I had a, a brother in the, at Oldsmobile that goes, Hey, dude. You know, that's how we talked back then. Hey, dude. And it was always like that short pause. You know, hey, dude. <laughs> What's different about you? 
I said, what? He goes, there's something different about you. This was two weeks after I'd been saved. I said, what are you talking about, man? He goes, I I can't put my finger on it, man, but there's something different about you, dude. And I'm looking at him. I said, Mike, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, I I know what it is. I said, what? He goes, you haven't cussed in the last 10 minutes. What's up? I had this big smile on my face. I said, oh, that. I met Jesus. I met Jesus. He goes, oh, brother, I'm a born-again Christian too. I didn't know it until that moment. We ended up hanging out together for months, kind of fed each other as we studied. It was awesome. When you say yup to Jesus, he says yup to you. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. The reason I put this last part in there was this was the closing to what he was saying here, but the Apostle Paul said, we want to work together with you so that you will be full of joy. For it is by your own faith that you stand firm. So I believe that as we work together in the body of Christ, as we get our orders, we will begin to experience the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. I can't outgive them. I can't outdo them. And every time I try, God does something even greater in my life. And I love that about the Lord. I've tried to outgive them, and it just doesn't work. All of God's promises are yes when you say yes to his invitation to life and life everlasting. Galatians 3.22 says, But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. What do we receive? Freedom. And it's through God's promises. Now, if you go back to the verse I just read, it says all of God's promises are Yes and amen, if you're a believer. (laughs) Even life, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. By saying yes to Jesus, by putting your trust in him, all of his promises are yes and amen. It's because you've said yes to him. So we start out again. By saying yes to him. Jesus, he's our source. We get our orders. And then we say, yup. Can I get a yup? Would you stand with me today as we begin to close? I don't have that copyrighted, so I I, I hope that uh, we don't get in trouble for using this. Knowing Dave Hester, he'd probably sue us. (laughs) Yep, (laughs) I can make some money off the church. Nah, I don't think he's that heartless. You know what? He might be a born-again Christian. I don't know. Who knows? Yep. All of God's promises are yes and amen. Everything that we experience that's good comes from God. 
If you go back with me, John 14, 6. Jesus, one of the promises, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then he said in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to what? Is your life rich and satisfying? Is it full of joy? Joy unspeakable. Or would you have to say, no, I think I've been hanging out with Eeyore too much. Full of sadness. Lackluster. My life's lackluster. You know, it just doesn't shine anymore. I'm missing it. I, I just don't get it. Something's not right. But I just keep doing it. Putting one foot in front of the other every day. I just keep doing it over and over and over. Well, here's my recommendation to you. Get your joy back on. Start doing what I just talked about. Go to him. Spend some time in that prayer closet or in your car when you're driving to Lansing or whatever it is. When you go out to meet your your relatives this week, before you get there even, (laughs) you should spend some time with Jesus. You know what I'm saying. Get your orders. Figure out where you're supposed to be in the body. What are you supposed to be doing? You know, when you have the satisfaction of knowing God called me to do this, it changes everything. I don't care what it is. You may be a missionary. You may be a pastor. You may be a teacher. You may be an usher. Whatever it is, you may work in the kitchen. Listen, I love our kitchen ministry people. You might be called to prayer. We need more of you there, don't we, Rosemary County? Yes and amen. Get your marching orders. You'll find there's joy there. And last but not least, start saying yes to him. Yep. When he gives you something to do, don't say, well, no, you know, not this week. Not this week. You know, Lord, hey, it's Christmas. I'll tell you what, after Christmas, Lord, I'll do this. Uh, the first of the year, I'll, I'll start serving you, Lord. Well, what if you don't have till the start of the new year? Nobody in this room knows how many more minutes you've got left or hours or days or weeks or months. Nobody. He could call you home right now. He could call me home right now. You need to say, yep. I know I need you, Jesus. Yep. I know that you are my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Lord, I need that today. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, you say, I need that joy, Pastor. I need it. I've been Eeyore, and, and, and I want to start being Tigger, or more like Tigger than Eeyore. If that's you, lift your hands up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hands going up all over the room. Anybody else, you can put them down if you've already raised them. Anybody else? You want to get in on this prayer? Yes, amen. Thank you. I want to, I want to just give everybody a chance today, if you haven't already, to say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you were like me when I backslid because I I knew the Lord for a year and a half before I backslid. I had it all and then I gave it up. I I set it all aside before I backslid. But I came back to Jesus and he loved me just as much the second time as he did the first. And you may be in here today and you say, oh God, you you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. Neither does God. Sin is sin. 
doesn't matter if it's a lie or a murder. Sin is sin. Now you may pay the price for that murder more than you would the lie on earth, but with God it'll be forgiven if you, if you give it to him and say, God, forgive me of my sins. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need to come back to the Lord. I need to renew my vow to him and, and get back into that new covenant that he established with me. If that's you, lift your hand up right now. Yep, yep, hands going up all over. Put them down. One final prayer. You've never said yep to Jesus, ever. What are you waiting for? Has your life been so on track that you don't need him? Can you honestly say to me, that it's been worth living the life that you're in. And I'm speaking from my own experience. I know who I was and I know who I am now. And believe me, who I was didn't come close to who I am now. Thanks to Jesus. Thanks to his joy coming into my heart and into my life. So if you're here today and you need Jesus and you want to ask him to come into your life for the very first time. And I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you already. It's not something new. Everybody's heads bowed, please, eyes closed. This is between you and God. If that's you, lift your hand up right now. You need Jesus, you know you do, and you want to accept him for the first time. If that's you, lift your hand up so I can see it. Then you can put it down. Yep, you can put it down. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I want to thank the Lord for everything he's doing in the church. Thank him for bringing you here today. And I believe that after this morning you're going to be given a choice every day you get to choose whether to put your joy on or the other guy i hope you choose jesus i hope you choose joy but i want to pray with everybody here pray this with me and i'd ask that all of you join me in this prayer heavenly father i like eeyore but i don't want to be like eeyore i want to be full of joy recognizing in order to do that I have to come to you first today Lord I give you my life all that I have all that I am I dedicate it to you please forgive me of all my sins anybody that I've hurt anybody that's hurt me Help me to forgive. Help me to be forgiven. Today, I want the joy of the Lord. I want the blessings of God. I want to say, yep, to Jesus. And I pray this in your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just honor him. Just give him the glory. Just for a minute here, just... Lift up an anthem, a harmonious anthem of praise in here today. Hallelujah. Just lift up your voices. Thank you for what he's done in your life. Thank you for that joy. Hallelujah. Thank you for all the promises, Lord. Everything that is yes and amen. Thank you for reaching down from heaven and saving us from eternal damnation. You have given us life and life in abundance, Lord. And we grab hold of that today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that this church would bubble over with joy, the joy of the Lord. I pray that when we're out there and when we're getting hammered by the world, 
we'll remember the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we'll actually get a grin right in front of our adversary. And he's going to look at us like we're nuts. And we maybe we are. We are a peculiar people in Christ. But Lord, I pray that we would reflect you to this world. And that they would see we have something they don't have. Just like Mike saw that there was something different about me. I pray the world, the community of Gaylord will see these people that call themselves my Opers. They will see that there's something different about us. That you have given us your all. And today we grab hold of it. And Lord, help us to share that with everybody else. In Jesus' name. He is so worthy. As you go out of here this week, get your joy on. Keep it on. Don't let anybody rob you. Even if it's your spouse, you know, maybe you're married to somebody that's not fully sold out to God yet. They start bringing you down. What do you do? Just get away from them. Go into your prayer closet. Hey, just give me a few minutes. Get in there and start worshiping the Lord. Get your joy back on. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let him get a foothold in your door. You shut that thing. You say, no, devil, get out in Jesus' name. Joy of the Lord's my strength. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming out today. Lord, just bless this people. We love you. We, We just want you to be happy and blessed with us. We know you are with Jesus and he lives in us, so I guess that means you are (laughs) happy with us. Thank you, Jesus, again. Lord, we pray that as we go out of here today, you keep us safe on the road and are coming and in our going. As we meet with family this week, Lord, over the Christmas time, God, help us to be a witness, a light shining brightly in this dark world. Lord, as we Settle on what you've called us to do. I pray that we would have clear direction. That we would know without a shadow of a doubt what our marching orders are. And Lord, I pray that you would bless our time of fellowship after service. We love you. We commit this church and its people into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus. Love you all. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.